three movie podcast for us. My name is Tom Chick, and I'm here with Christian Mukowski. I'd like to be known as Whack a Mole Guy. <laughs> it was terrible at that game. And with an us tagline, Kelly Wand. Finally, a movie that taps into everyone's fear that there might be more of me. Spoiler? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, That's never mind. Spoiler. Kelly Wand, give me another tagline. If I say it, it can't be a spoiler to paraphrase Nixon. Uh. Still do Hands Across America and Sewers. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Wand, is there a third us tagline? I peed three times during this movie. I'm so looking forward to this synopsis now. Wow. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself, Kelly Wand. You know, uh, make sure to drink tea or whatever before you do this. Kelly Wand, is there a fourth us tagline? Finally, Jordan Peele undermines his horror with wacky comedy. <laughs> no. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Spoiler. All right, Dingus. Tell us spoiler-free a little bit about the movie we saw this week. Don't be like Kelly Wand and ruin it. Uh. <laughs> Just don't be like Kelly Wand in general, and you'll be fine. All right. Life. This week we saw Us, mm-hmm. a 2019 American horror thriller movie about how the itsy-bitsy spider went up the water spout. It was written and directed by Jordan Peele. Mm. It stars Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Mm. Shahadi Wright-Joseph, Evan Alex, Elizabeth Moss, and Tim Heidecker. (laughs) That guy. Yeah. Uh, You don't like him? Uh, I used to hate Eric and Tim, but after a few things, including too. including this movie and Wrong Cops, I now have a soft spot for both of them. Oh, I forgot he was in that. Yeah. I like Decker. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Dingus, what rating is this? Is this appropriate for, you know, 13-year-olds? Like, what should parents be aware yeah. of in terms of this rating? Well, us is rated R. Huh. Fuck you, kids. Even though it's filled with kids. <laughs> I think this kids pod- would love this movie. It's this podcast is rated PG-13 so far, but who long? Who knows how long that'll last? I mean, because uh, I said "fuck you, kids." Well, there's our rated our PG-13. Yep. What? If on. you're repeating what you said earlier, that's not two things. Right. If nope. you quote the f bomb, it's not counting, right? Yeah. Did you use the documentary? Uh, uh, it, it is rated R for violence, terror, here. and language. Huh. Kelly Wand, is there anything besides violence, terror, and language that you feel parents should know about in terms of what's in this movie? Well, I didn't notice any of those things. But what <laughs> I did see was some doppelganging, mm. um, improper use of a flare gun, proper <laughs> <laughs> uh, use of a golf club, and uh, insufficient kids dying. Ooh. Uh, Us, is it? it. At 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, that's the percentage of reviews that are positive. On pick Metacritic, on Metacritic, <laughs> don't pick on Dumbo. No, uh, on Metacritic, the, the average rating on Metacritic, which is an aggregate of review ratings, it is at 81. On CinemaScore, ouch, it only got a B. That's not good. Us did. B is not I good mean, on CinemaScore. So you people don't want... came out of it going, what? 
Right, you don't want your movie to get a B. It's no, it's no like you know, Hereditary or The Witch D, but a B is not good for your movie. Yeah. It's an ending-related How- grade. However, it Point did open grade. not only at number one, but man, Bloomhouse and Universal have got to be over the moon. It was double the opening for Get Out. Uh, and there's no, there's no real names in this. Get Out came out, uh, had a 33 million dollar opening weekend. This was a 71 million dollar opening weekend. This just yeah. knocked it out of the park. Uh, and it's only second place in terms of Blumhouse's uh, biggest openings. Can you guys guess? And you may not have a sense for well, like, like Blumhouse is all these generally cheap, low-budget horror movies, uh, all the James Wan, Mike Flanagan stuff. Uh, guess what is the Blumhouse movie that had a bigger opening than us? Annabelle. Is that no, Blumhouse? we've done it for the podcast. Uh. Birds movie? One of them? Actually, this is kind of unfair because you probably don't think of it as a Blumhouse movie. No, I, I know, a, I don't. It's Tree of Life. <laughs> Did you have a guess, Dingus? What were you going to guess? Uh, no, it can't be Black Klansman. Um, that, that actually is Blumhouse, but uh, no, it's... Uh, uh, upgrade? No, also Blumhouse. Dingus knows his Blumhouse, Kelly Wand. I think uh, every movie is Bloomhouse. Uh, Halloween had a seventy-six million dollar. Oh, opening. Halloween! Uh, and that's, I think, a little unfair because that's a you know that's resting on its on the laurels of its franchise. I mean, right, that's, right. people went to see that because. So I think this did great. I mean, this like I said, they're super happy with it. It was a huge success. It's a hundred million now. I think the second week they made another thirty. Yeah, yeah. So Kelly Wand. I Wand's, forgot. I forgot that uh, Halloween was Bloomhouse. Dumbo beat it, but barely. Like Dumbo opened to forty, and everyone's like, "Oh man!" Like they're bummed. So, Kelly Wand, I would like you to give us a little bit more of what we sampled in the tagline with your I, – I mean, this this is the one where there can only be one name for a synopsis of us, and that's obviously the asopsis. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got two letters to work with. What else am I going to say? I know. That's why I, I laughed in advance. Going, he's, he's even going to add letters to this. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I think you're just a writer at heart. You like writing in your head. And so you're just smearing finger painting letters <laughs> your your tongue. Let me start all over. Uh, Uspsis. <laughs> <laughs> While ominous music plays, some words are all, there's a bunch of tunnels. We made them for no reason, so some <laughs> doppelgangers live in them. Beside me, Shyamalan's all, this better make sense. (laughs) (laughs) And in mid-80s news, hands across America. (laughs) It's happening today, giving everyone in America who's interested, has hands, and doesn't live in Hawaii, Alaska, or any mainland state (laughs) with inclement weather the chance to hold hands with strangers for 15 minutes and then drive home. Experts are calling it a random, pointless event that will hopefully soon be over, although it is allegedly raising minuscule money for people suffering from dehydration due to geography-themed group activities. <laughs> that night, on the Santa Cruz boardwalk, man, sure I'm glad we blew off doing Hands Across America for this. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Hands. Addie, you and your mom are going to go ride some kitty rides separately without you. Happy birthday. Here, you wander out with your uneaten candy apple, and don't worry about Lost Boys. I told you, Corey Haim isn't real. <laughs> the mom's all, hope that shirt you wanted doesn't give her nightmares. Have you seen the Thriller video? It's terrifying. I've been so scared of John Landis and spies like us. 
Oh, whack-a-mole. Now this is a game. <laughs> Addie, watch your dad try to hit plastic wildlife. I'm going to go off screen. Adelaide tries in vain to find her dad interesting, then wanders around some extras. A creepy trucker shows her a cardboard card he made that says Jeremiah 1111, the verse that says God's going to kill you and ignore your pleas for help. So Addie gives him $10. This eventually gets boring, so she watches Sky do CG over the ocean. She throws it $10. Then she notices there's a spooky building behind her. House of Jump Scares. Vision Quest. Find your doppelganger. Adelaide loves Matthew Bodine, so she ditches her candy apple in the sand. I mean, the year's right. That can't be a coincidence. It was 1985. Yeah. yeah. Good work, Jordan. She wanders around getting jump scared by fake owls while a guy over the PA system's all. Uh, Modine's character's name is Loudon Swain. <clears throat> I'm dying, Mr. Tannerin. Just like that girl in the poem. Only quicker and with a heart on. The lights go out. Addie waters through a hall of mirrors, whistling Itsy Bitsy Spider. Those lyrics always cheer her up. Something starts whistling along with her. Eventually, she comes to a reflection of herself wearing the same shirt, I thought. But it doesn't turn around when she does. I lean over to the Doublebit twins and go, this movie's awesome. Addie opens her mouth to yawn. Some evil time warp music plays while a bunch of rabbits stare at us. Most of the rabbits are white. I lean over to the Barbarian Brothers and go, uh-oh. Grown-up Addie travels with her family near some trees by car. Dingus sighs glumly. <laughs> it's like you're on the commute. That's why I think you're right. Um, on the car's rear window is a drawing of a dad, a mob, and two kids outlining what alternates between white and black whenever they drive through shadow. Jordan nudges me knowingly. <laughs> when, the car, when, when the car stops, the dad, Gary, gestures Addie for silence. <laughs> And forgets and screams, we made it! The kids are back far to wake. Since the son's four, he was wearing a Jaws shirt and a possessed <laughs> Chewbacca mask. <laughs> Bags in the house. Wi-Fi's not working. You don't need the internet. You have the outer net. I nudge the Lander sisters knowingly. Unfortunately, Audrey's the closer one. Later inside. Knock, knock. Who's there, Dad? You! You who? You who from Chips? The daughter's <laughs> all. By the way, my character doesn't like running anymore. Oh, then you can't watch the Olympics. By the way, we just drove to Santa Cruz. Addie's face falls. Where? Uh, pff, Santa Cruz? <laughs> we probably talked about it beforehand for weeks. <laughs> there were signs on the freeway. Um, you know, hello? Stinky the sun keeps clicking his cigarette lighter annoyingly. What's that? <laughs> Me flicking a lighter so I can set fire to something, although I prefer the term magic trick. The most flammable substance is bullshit. Hey, leave the table when you curse. The kid flips his dad off. I got three more fingers pointing back at me, so I'm flipping myself off. It's four fingers, dumbass. Addie eats a strawberry and flashes back to the night when she set some plastic animals in a row. How do we get her to talk? By encouraging her to draw while she dances. I just want my little girl back. I'd rather have a smoke. On his way out, Addie's dad ruffles Addie's face while she stares up at him gravely. Grown-up Addie watches a spider on a coffee table. 
crawl away from a giant fake spider. Tom nudges Tingus knowingly. Alright, that's the last one. <laughs> Gary, I hate beaches, by the way. The place is not the movie. Okay, we'll cancel. No problem. Just sucks is all. You know, Stinky hasn't been to a beach since Grandma died surfing. <sighs> Fine, but we leave before dark. Addie looks at a stuffed bunny and her doppelganger doing ballet in a mirror. A horn honks, so they go outside to be subjected to it louder. <laughs> yeah! Woo! The floating dad! Partay! <laughs> I know we drove here, but I just bought a boat. Look, it's got seats, a hull. Yo, chuck out this oar, bitches! The engine dies. Y'all are spoiled! Boat turns on and drives him over a waterfall while they all watch chuckling. To celebrate having a new mode of transportation, they all get in the car and drive it to different water. (laughs) (laughs) The daughter's all, by the way, the world's ending because fluoride. Sticky keeps trying to get his lighter to work. Maybe you could just tell us what's supposed to happen. Maybe you can just kiss my ass, Fluoride. Whoa, whoa, use a better curse word. Our characters don't always have to be talking. Watch. <laughs> Addie turns on the radio and they all sing aloud to Abba. Mama, what's it used to be so nice, it used to be so good mean? It's about drugs. It's not about drugs. Nope, it's a dope song. Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz. <laughs> on their way in, they have to wait and watch while the Jeremiah guy's corpse is wheeled into an ambulance. <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing, but it's funny for some reason. Thoughtfully, the paramedics have let him keep his cardboard with him on the stretcher. <laughs> 30 years later, still his favorite verse. Cardboard's still in good shape. Died holding it. Which is probably why he lost the fight. No one doesn't have it. Sinister music plays. Addie's face is all, Aw oh, shit, I'm in a horror movie. On the beach, Addie sees the Vision Quest exhibit still there, but now it's called something like Doppelganger Forest. <laughs> they hang out with their white friends, Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker. Twins, get out of the ocean and come gawk at our black friends. <laughs> Later. Knew <laughs> you'd forget the fucking flare gun. Addie, try this rosé. Sorry, I don't like talking to Lushes. Oh, I get that all the time. I was also in a Mark Duplass movie about doppelgangers. Take that typecasting. <laughs> One third's babe. Gotta get my wife for medicine. I hate you. Addie, look at the page number of this magazine. Isn't that beautiful? Also, notice anything different? She poses showing off her profile. You cut your ears off and your nose? Just a teetsy bit. I think I could have been a movie star if those stupid girls hadn't been born nine months late. Hey, Jesus! A red frisbee lands on a twister board that's all blue squares. <laughs> I mean circles. <laughs> Some seagulls fart. In unison, the white twins are all, Hey, black girl, your brother's so weird. You going into the water? Jinx, double jinx. Okay, let's stop. Okay, now let's stop. Fine, I'll stop. You keep talking. Wait, I didn't stop. Stinky takes a dump, wipes with his mask, then watches the Jeremiah enthusiasts, homeless doppelganger with bloody hands, do nothing. (laughs) We're stinky. We're stinky. 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 Don't run off without telling me. Gary's all, uh, well, Heideckers, we've been here ten minutes. Let's head out. (laughs) 
right, way to freak mom out. I'm going to go say goodnight to Stinky's mask. Okay, just going to watch these replays. See you later in the magic room. <laughs> he tries out to think about Stinky's failed magic trick. Naked Arnold's doppelganger leans over to me and goes, The comical black man Jordan Peele's over there didn't offer me a role in this movie. But I called him to turn it down because I didn't think I could convincingly play a blank slate from another land with a speech disorder. Oh, well, all right. Thank you for that, Arnold. I want to go back to watching us. I'm not sure why you're even here. I guess you are Austrian. It makes sense you're going to all these movies. In Stinky's bedroom. Ha ha, Mama, you thought I was dead. No, just taken. By terrorists and perverts? Well, Addie smiles at that possibility, so they shake hands wrong. Stick with me and I'll keep you safe. <laughs> Mama, look the clock, 11-11, like Jeremiah. <laughs> Addie stares at the clock. A magazine falls onto it, spread open to a picture of Canadian rower Jeremiah Brown. Huh? A dictionary falls on top of the magazine open to Jay. Jeremiah, a male name meaning Yahweh will raise, i.e. doppelgangers in Santa Cruz. Addie frowns. <laughs> hmm. The biblical prophet Jeremiah nudges me knowingly. <laughs> uh. He's a huge fan. Addie puts Stinky's mask and non-magic lighter in a drawer, then notices a picture I think Heidecker's character drew of Stinky watching a bum's hand bleed. <laughs> yeah, Heidecker drew it. <laughs> That's what I did for the office. <laughs> You're welcome, slaves. Who drew this? Stinky? He's really good. Stinky shrugs. If he had a nickel for every homeless person's blood droplet. Wait, now he's got his lighter again somehow. Leo's Shutter Island character nudges me knowingly. <laughs> uh, stuff I didn't cut. <laughs> Later. <laughs> yeah, man. Tomorrow we'll get rods. Picture our four characters fishing together all day. Just like how Grandma died. <sighs> hey. Gary, we probably shouldn't... Gary, let me start alone. <laughs> Gary, I probably should have brought this up weeks ago when you said, let's go to Santa Cruz. But when I was a kid, I went into a mirror house and my doppelganger whistled at me. I think she's going to be in this movie. <laughs> Don't worry, if your doppelganger punches back anything like you... <laughs> the lights go out. Mama, there's a family in our driveway. Damn it, Stinky, there is not a family in our driveway. Later. Huh. Hello? 911, I'd like to report a family in our driveway. <laughs> what? Uh, it's made out, uh, it's made out of gr gravel and, um, asphalt. Don't worry, babe, I'm gonna fix this. Ah, may I help you? Okay, wait, sound blacker, sound blacker. I, I asked you nice, now I need you to get the hells off my property. <laughs> The doppelganger kids scurry off like animals. Uh, yeah, let's call the cops. Yeah. <laughs> They're 14 minutes away and never in the movie. 14? <laughs> Lord, give me the bat. Good thing I thought people played baseball on the beach. The dad pull ganger starts lumbering towards <laughs> Gary. Hey! Hey! The birdie man runs past Nick Cage. 
so many times but anyway gary runs back inside while the dad pounds out of the door the wrong dad <laughs> to clarify stinky's doppelganger wearing a purge mask makes wolverine noises at him through the glass addy's doppelganger whistles itsy bitsy spider and finds the key under the rock <sighs> she didn't plan ahead for doppelgangers gary dumbly loses his bat to the doppelganger and the door and the doppelgangers all come in wearing red prison jumpsuits Addie's doppelganger has scissors, two blades joined by a single bolt. Jordan nudges me knowingly. Stinky's doppelganger starts a fire. Once upon a time, a girl had an awesome life, but her shadow's raw rabbit had broken glass for toys. While the shadow's husband was even dumber, and Stinky was a C-section. Since he was hideous and feral, I named him after Mickey Mouse's dog. Stinky's doppelganger growls and jiggles handcuffs. Who are you people? We're Americans. Jordan nudges me knowingly. They make Addie handcuff herself to a coffee table. You know, I'm sure he's right. They make Addie handcuff herself to a coffee table while Gary's doppelganger drags him outside. Gary's doppelganger chases Gary to the boat and uses scissors on him, but incorrectly. <laughs> Since Fluoride's backstory involves running, Addie's doppelganger is all, Little girl, run! Fluoride runs off while doppelganger watches cheerfully. They do seem more athletic than us, which is weird if they can only work out whenever we do. <laughs> Stinky, go show Pluto one of your tricks, you know, that always work. In the closet, Pluto holds a lit match and growls through his skull mask. When they raise their masks, Pluto has CG on his face. Fluoride and her doppelganger goof around near a car. So the doppelganger <laughs> tricks him by standing on the roof. <laughs> it is land to see. God damn it, get off my car. Come here, creepy kid with scissors. Why? <laughs> Not even his doppelganger. It's like, what? He doesn't even know it's a doppelganger movie, that character. In the living room, Addie's doppelganger uses Addie's face to annoy a coffee table. Out on the lake, Gary tricks his doppelganger by hiding in a trash bag, then falling out of the boat with him while the boat gets bored with their antics and speeds off. <laughs> like that drone in Blair Witch. In the closet, Stinky tricks his doppelganger by exiting the closet. Addie's doppelganger hears Stinky screeching. Fucking idiots! She storms off. Addie notices a fire poker, but since it's far from her, she makes herself taller by using toes. <laughs> <laughs> Suspenseful. Gary's doppelganger's about to stab him from behind, but he tricks it by hitting his own head against the boat, which I guess makes the doppelganger drown. Addie somehow instantly collects Stinky and Fluoride. Just as Gary shows up peeping the boat's horn, and they all drive off giggling while the thwarted doppelgangers stare at us glumly. 
<laughs> Gary looks at Addie. I still don't believe your funhouse story. Meanwhile, Tim, there's someone outside. Sounds like a squirrel outside. Yeah. Will you please get up and look? I'm busy. I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> Go look. I'm scared. Oh, shit. Buy a car. It's OJ. <laughs> gotcha. Black people stabbing Caucasians. Ridiculous. Ophelia, play some Beach Boys. Hey, kids upstairs. Wait, we had triplets? What? Double Jaegers kill the Heideggers. <laughs> Boss crawls across her floor while the Beach Boys gaslight her. Please stop. Stopping. Good vibrations. Ophelia, call the police. The house starts playing fuck to police. No, damn it, Ophelia, 911. The house starts playing 8675309 Jetty. <laughs> no, Ophelia, doppelgangers. The house starts playing Gangster's Paradise. Ophelia, come on, call an ambulance. Unable to think of a joke for that. Moss's <laughs> clone slits her throat. The house starts playing scissors by Slipknot. Suddenly, Addie <laughs> knocks on the door with her fire poker. <laughs> Although the house is glass, I guess she didn't see the murders, and they didn't see her. Tim's got... It is hard to talk. Doppelgangers are right. Tim's doppelganger answers the door. Addie impales his head with her fire poker. Gary's all, oh shit, that's Tim's doppelganger. She's all, oh it is? Boss's doppelganger <laughs> drags Addie inside while Gary fights Tim by getting chased back to his boat again. Instead of helping, Floyd and Stinky go slowly inside the house, and Floyd gets a golf club. Since Stinky's small, he chooses a 40-pound statue of a diamond as his weapon. <laughs> I lean over to Donald Sutherland, screaming and pointing at me, and go, <laughs> Good thing for the main characters in this that the doppelganger's signature weapons are limited to metaphors. Stinky dons his Halloween mask to hamper his vision. One of the twin girl gangers attacks them by doing a cartwheel far away, and then getting hit by Floyd's golf club and going over the banister. The other twin attacks them by also getting killed by the golf club. Moss's doppelganger somehow forgets to kill Addie and puts on lipstick. She practices smiling. Then she tries to stab Addie but forgets as she draws a smile on her own face with the scissors but in the wrong place. Tim's doppelganger makes velociraptor noises and chases Gary onto his boat. <laughs> By the way, I lied to the human you for no reason earlier. I did got me a flare gun. He shoots a flare at Tim. It's all womp womp. But Gary wins the fight off screen somehow. Moss's doppelganger hears Tim's velociraptor noises, so she practices silent screaming at a fireplace. Then she notices Fluoride's creeping up on her with a golf club, so she grins at Addie. It starts to slice up Fluoride, but Stinky tricks her by crushing her skull with the diamond. Stupid doppelgangers. They learn battle tactics from the humans and alien. <laughs> Gary walks in. I'm done with boats. Addie and her family hang out by their friends' bodies and have some snacks at the table, then get bored with each other and watch TV. <laughs> and in apocalypse news, doppelgangers! <laughs> in red jumpsuits are coming out of sewers like the clown in It, another metaphor for America, and stabbing everybody with scissors. With me now live via audio only is a white person getting stabbed, local teen Kristen Brando. Ah! Okay. 
Okay. Oh, look, they're forming a human chain. I guess someone's somehow showing us this on their phone. Uh, what they do call the TV news station app. If you have children watching, make sure you turn up the sound. Addy clicks it off. That's it. We're going to Mexico. Mexican doppelgangers probably stay underground. Siestas. Gary's all, what? Let's just set up some home alone traps. Couple flare guns. Babe, they have the upper hand. You don't get to make the decisions anymore. I've been captured twice. Fluoride's all, does mean we get their car? After they walk outside, <laughs> and they're almost to the car, Gary goes, oh yeah, keys. Addie goes back in alone, although none of them get into the car, and gets jumped by a twin pulgager, but tricks it with a frying pan. <laughs> and although it has her pinned down, by the time Stinky comes in, Addie's standing over the twin and stabbing it with scissors. Outside, Fluoride's all, I'm driving, I got the highest kill count. I killed both twins. Addie's all, no, I just killed the second one. Stinky's all, well, I killed Moss, and she was the meanest. Gary's all, yeah, from behind. Okay, so one, one, one. I have the highest. I killed myself and Heidecker. So toss over the keys. Wait, I don't want to drive. Give them to Fluoride. Fluoride's doppelganger stands in the middle of the road to smirk at them. But Fluoride tricks it by turning on the wipers till the doppelganger gets stuck in a tree. <laughs> Addie gets out to stare at her for a bit. Back in the car, Fluoride's all, ha-ha, I'm tied with Dad. The sun comes up, so they drive past the old man. <laughs> I had to change something. It's an opsis. The sun comes up, so they drive past an old man sleeping in his car, and people sleeping in their driveways. <laughs> Lazy extras. Then they drive to a beach till they find their own car burning in a street. I guess they drove all night to there. Stinky's doppelganger stands in front of their car and starts snapping his fingers. Addie's all, I don't know which of them I hate more. Instead of driving off or running Pluto down, she gets her fire poker, emerges from the car, and extends her hand to Pluto instead of killing him. Pluto takes his mask off, so Stinky goes, it's a trap, so they all get out of the car, which has gas running towards it, which they didn't notice before, so Stinky walks backwards. So Pluto does too, so he walks into fire, burns to death, but the car's fine, but they ditch it anyway for an ambulance, because bandages. But first, Daddy's doppelganger arbitrarily appears, and scoops up Stinky, and runs <laughs> off out of sight in the open street, because Gary and Flora didn't notice, I guess. Everybody arbitrarily splits up again, so Addie goes to the funhouse, where the doppelganger chain is also standing doing nothing. One of them's the Jeremiah homeless guy, smiling blissfully at his awesome new life. Some rabbits who live in the funhouse stare at us. Beside me, John Wu rolls his eyes. Addie takes an escalator. <laughs> He's particular. Addie takes an escalator to a classroom with her doppelganger in it, drawing hands across America on a chalkboard. How it must have been to grow up with a sky. You took it for granted. By the way, the government made us to control people. But instead, all of this happened. She shows Addie some flashbacks of Santa Cruz extras rehearsing in a hallway. <laughs> also, this. She shows Addie some flashbacks of ballet. You could have taken me with you. These lines only make sense if I'm the doppelganger. <laughs> they fight in ballet dance. Addie loses and keeps getting stabbed till she wins. They whistle at each other till she breaks its neck. She staggers out and finds Stinky stuffed in a locker. 
Probably not for the last time. <laughs> As they drive off, Addie's all, By the way! She thinks about some flashbacks that reveal she's seen Alien Covenant and she's been the doctor. <laughs> Space Wait, what? Final shot news, the doppelgangers are still standing holding hands. Experts are calling it a metaphor for something. Beside me, Mr. Glass is all, what the fuck? Kelly uh, one. Uh, you know, it feels long, but it's what, what, all that was left that is that. So yeah, us, uh, we saw it. Us, Dingus, go first. Uh, what's what do you think of this? What's a movie that's better than us, and a movie that's not quite as good as us? Uh, I actually I quite liked this movie. Um, I don't really believe in the final twist, uh, so it's kind of a little bit. Uh, kiltered for me because of that, um, but still, I, I really quite liked the the balance of the movie. Um, over it, I would put the one I love, which Kelly Wan referenced in his opsis, uh, um, which uh, I immediately thought of when I saw that Elizabeth Moth Moth Moss was going in this, not the Mothman process, prophecies. Um, uh, I really, really love the one I love. I think it's a really great movie. Uh, I think it's um, it's more contained and smart than this is, and a little more mysterious. Uh, under it, I would put, and the, these are pretty closely bracketed, I would put The Sixth Sense under this. Kelly, wanted a movie that's not quite as good, a movie that's better, and what do you think? Uh, I like Dingus's over and under. Uh, I went with Body Snatchers 78 for my over. Veronica Cartwright, because uh, I think it's scarier, and it could be a metaphor for anything, and um, I don't know, it's more visual, and the action's interesting. Like, it's genuinely horrific, somehow, and it looks cool. And my under's the astronaut's wife, with uh, Johnny Depp and Charlize Theron. I think that was doppelgangers, see? I was Is that what that was about? I don't know anything about that movie. Oh, you didn't see the astronaut's wife? It's really Why would bad. I see that? That's a terrible movie. Uh, there's no reason to see it. Okay. Yeah, don't. I was into her. I, oh, Charlize Theron's gonna be a alien it's dumb it's terrible anyway um it's 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 way under it uh but yeah i liked it um i was kind of bummed that they weren't beings from a parallel dimension and they're just i was bummed that it had to be a natural like i think he over explained it and it makes this the twist make less sense like if she hadn't talked i don't know I agree with Diggis on the twist. Uh, I was curious if you guys had seen the Twilight Zone episode that it was based on. We'll, we'll get into that, I guess, later. But I, I liked it more than I didn't like it. Like, things annoyed me about it. I think it, I like chunks of it, but it's uneven, like, even more than Get Out. I think Get Out I preferred, too. Uh, but if you compare it to most horror movies, it's, it's you know, it's watchable. I, I, I like it. I don't love it. Happy Six. Okay, my turn. Okay, uh, I uh, also I'm, I'm super excited about Jordan Peele as a director. Even though uh, I have issues with Get Out and with this, I love that he's doing what he's doing, and I love that this movie is as successful as it is because I want this guy to just keep pushing these ideas. And and as a filmmaker, uh, I 
I think he's got solid ideas for the direction here. As a writer, I like these setups. Um, I liked the middle home invasion bit, but I thought this just unraveled seriously. And I don't know if it was a me yeah. issue or the um, issue of this movie. Uh, overall, I really liked it. And as I said, I'm super excited about Jordan Peele as a director, but I just really ended up being disappointed with with how this turned out. Um, although, gosh, I love some parts of it. So I'm yeah. going to put over it a movie that's not in its no. This movie, as far as a, a, is how it's directed, is nowhere near as good and sharp and clean and concise as the better parts of us. But it's a little movie that is a super low-budget movie, but a super high-concept, well-executed script, a movie called Cam, C-A-M. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, I've talked about it before on this podcast. I like oh, Cam yeah. better because I think Cam follows through and explores and is true to its premise much more consistently than us. Under this, uh, there was a certain point when I was watching this movie, and I was trying to resist that whole uh, analytical element as I'm watching a movie. Like, as I'm watching huh. the movie, I save that for after, and I just sort of right. enjoy the movie. So as I'm watching the movie, I was wondering, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? And it occurred to me, okay, you know what, Tom? You're probably asking the wrong question. You know, how weird is it? How is it making you feel? What, what do you like about what you're seeing? Right. And so I decided, okay, I'm asking myself the wrong question. I'm just going to let myself enjoy it and unfold, and then afterwards I'll think about it. Uh, and it reminded me of my experience in a movie called Annihilation, uh, which I love Alex Garland. I think that guy's great. I enjoyed the Jeff Vandermeer novel that it's adapted from. But Annihilation, I tried to get through it thinking, okay, just don't ask what it means just let it happen and annihilation i think fell apart even more than us for me um so that's my yeah. over and under is cam and annihilation uh in the same way even yeah exactly i wanted because it very much reminded me of that as annihilation was happening yeah. I, I was thinking okay just whatever weird stuff there's going to be some payoff or wherever he wants to take me I'll just go there and then see how I feel about it afterwards. And where he did take me, there was weird stuff, but I'm not sure that it holds together. Uh, so, and that that's my feeling here is I, I wish that Jordan Peele, the difference between this and the movie The One I Love, which you guys have brought up, is that movie directed and written by a guy named Charlie McDowell, and I think his partner with whom he co-wrote it, wrote it is named Jason Larder, Jason Landon, something like that. Uh, those guys take a solid idea, and what's admirable, admirable about the one that I love is how far they follow it and how they explore mm -hmm. the implications. Yeah. Those guys do a great job, and this movie, I think, just doesn't really do that. No, uh, he didn't get the. And I thought it was going to be a. Everyone's like, oh, it's a horror movie, it's like straight horror movie about doppelgangers. But there's no like doppelganger horror. In this movie. The the writer of that movie is Jason Later, by the way. Later, okay, right. Yeah. For the one I love, yeah. the one I love was more thoughtful. I don't know. Yeah. But like well, that's the whole idea of like which one's the doppelganger. Like if you if you're just going to use if the only like use you're going to make of that is that it's your twist at the end, you're kind of losing a lot of potential i think right not knowing who a doppelganger is like that's, yeah to me, it's supposed so to be the too. scary part of it and they can't even talk you know exactly who they are so it's really just a casting stunt and well we is a couple it... of people who wrote in who who kind of agree with you kelly that it's like ian slutes for instance says it's more creepy than terrifying it's there there seemed to be a lot of agreement that it was a, a creepy movie rather than a scary movie 
And I think that goes to Jordan Peele's talent as a director, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And And certainly as a a writer. Yeah. Yeah. So the the early – while this was – and Dingus, I presume – Great opening. Love the opening. Dingus, I presume you're in the same boat as me. I had no idea this was a doppelganger movie. So – and I'm grateful of that too because that was a great discovery because I'm watching – you know, I love that feeling of watching a horror movie and not knowing what kind of horror movie is this going to be, what's going to happen, and just how uncertain that was with the the flashback to the amusement park and then moving forward and how Jordan Peele is showing us bright sunny sets, a super mundane house, a wonderful loving family, and yet he's infusing it with this sense of unease and foreboding. He's making it seem very ominous, which is obviously the psychological place that uh, Addie is coming from. So I loved that element of it. And then when it becomes a doppelganger home invasion movie, I loved it even more. I was like, wow, that is a really cool twist. That's a ballsy direction to go. Happens early, too. It does happen early. And and, and I wanted to see what the guy who wrote Get Out, what he could come up with in terms of playing with this and making it socially relevant, making social commentary out of it. And my – I mean I don't – I don't know that there is any here social commentary that's meaningful. I, I think I'm missing something. Like, what is yeah. his point about? Do you I guys feel have it's a... muddled. Because, like, if he's saying his I, a quote he said that it's that stuck with me because I was I was trying to relate it to the movie and I couldn't actually is like he's like yeah we're we're not examining ourselves enough like we're to blame for stuff. And therefore, we're the kind of the doppelgangers in a way. And I was like, but no, Addie's not to blame. Like, what? As a kid, she his that thing doesn't make sense in the movie. The well, Nick, underclass and I'm more American. Well, Nick That's, D was one of his one of Nick D's another writer and his questions for us was um, that he'd been reading reviews saying that this is some sort of morality tale about classism, and he's wondering right. if we saw that. I mean, I saw Jordan Peele. Tr- hinting at that and sort of making a feint towards it with this idea of uh, there's an underclass of disaffected Americans who have been ignored, who are going to rise up and overthrow the people who just don't even realize they're there. Uh, Like, I I think that idea is there, but what what I don't get, well, there's the twist at the end, which, whatever, but what I don't get is if that idea is there, why is he making a home invasion movie with a lot of references to Jaws and Chud uh, and the Goonies? <clears throat> like, what is all of that stuff? Why and is Home he... Alone? Right. Well, the Home Alone yeah. gag, like that was a gag. That's that's fine. But there was a and lot that's of Jaws. Dad's character. The beach scene was straight out of Jaws, and I loved that about this. I mean, Jordan Peele has obviously seen Roy Scheider uh, on the beach. He's seen that scene that Spielberg shoots, and he plays with that a lot. Anybody who's seen Jaws, I think, will realize that during this scene, and that partly creates this sense of cult of unease. Part of it is cultural. Like, oh my God, he's riffing on Jaws. The little kid has the shirt. Obviously, there's that as well. But I think even the stuff with Winston Duke in the boat in the lake at night some of that i think is playing with jaws uh with the idea of the 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 life uh, preserver bobbing in the water and and being Mm. dragged behind the boat so if he's making this movie about this disaffected invisible class that's been neglected that we don't know about i don't understand all these other riffs and how they relate and i don't understand why it becomes a yeah i just i don't know why are you talking about 
Are you talking about the government conspiracy thing? Because Soren Hoagland was like, he, he, it doesn't make any sense to him. Uh, that we were talking about when you say the other rifts? To control us. Well, the, I'm, th- I'm thinking of other riffs on horror movies. Uh, oh, is, uh, like, okay. as far as he's, he's making nods towards other horror movies. Thematically and directly. Like, when you open your movie and you zoom in slowly on a copy of Chud, The Goonies, and The Right Stuff, you're telling me something. I'm like, okay, you put that there for a reason. And I, don't, I don't know why The Right Stuff is there. I know why Brie Larson picked up a copy of The Right Stuff in Captain Marvel. That was super smart. Uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, I, uh, I loved what they were doing with that. Here, I still don't know why the right stuff is on that shelf in the opening shot, other than maybe Jordan Peele's like, okay, well, this is a movie that was out at that point. Uh, yeah. In which case, dude, don't. That, that, that's like when you have a lecture in a college classroom or you have a character reading a book. Choose something relevant. Right. Everything in the frame should make sense. Because exactly, because certainly Chud does. You know, cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. That and and the little tunnel epigraph or the 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 little tunnel bit at the yeah epigraph. Um, and then seeing Chud like that makes sense, and I understand he's going to follow through with that. I didn't because biopics are doppelgangers. The actors look like. I mean, if <laughs> maybe I don't. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Science fiction. So and That's also all the sure. the hands across America stuff. Like, what is that? They're yeah. they're gonna rise up and unite America? Like, I don't understand. He's, suppose the theory is on this because I didn't understand that either, and I was gonna ask, actually ask you. What I read was the hands across America thing is supposed to be a. He's riffing on the idea that we did this charity event that was kind of stupid, that didn't really raise any money, and everyone's still hungry, but we did it to feel good about ourselves. Like, Kind of like a, a dumb so then why does the disaffected underclass who why presumably do do represents <laughs> minorities and the oppressed, why do they Want do it, it? And, and they do it like with a zombie mindlessness? Like why, what is that? Is they're mocking about? us? I mean if that's what he's going and for, I did And if they got to do what we do and they give birth and marry what we get married, I don't know. And she's not a doppelganger. How often does that happen? Is she the only one? Because Kelly Wand, I think you're right too about he – he over explains it at the end because yeah. it does when you when you add that kind of explanation and you have uh, the doppelganger when you have the doppelganger's monologue explaining some of this you are raising questions that without if you're going to be answering questions and if your answers are going to raise more questions yeah exactly i think it muddles it worse than nothing whereas if you just leave it alone as a metaphor uh yeah. that would that yeah exactly i would have totally been that's into that that's scarier too there's a short story by a guy named Jeffrey Thomas. Ever make you read him? He's like a cyberpunk kind of writer. And there's like a short story written in a collection called Doomsday. It's called The Schism, where there's like the we have parallel us's, but they don't look exactly like humans. They're like white and they have black eyes. Your thing is his favorite, and they have to kill our versions. Like the dimensions actually got tangled up, and so but you're not, you're you always have to kill yours specifically. But they don't look human, but you know it's yours somehow. Right. And it's so it's like this. Because I also like that bit where you find out too, because that's a reveal that it's a that it's a global thing, or at least a thing in the yeah. United States. I like love that, it as a twist. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but where are you going with that, Jordan Peele? What? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I was really excited because the opening's really good, and I love the whole inv- like when the twins show up on the stairs, and you, then you see them all die in long shot. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's that's and funny. All the music parts stuff, great. Because uh, Robert Perry Cruz is, was worried that this was just going to be another home invasion movie, um, and he was relieved when they left the home. He was relieved that, when it broke there's out. There's another of that. one. Whereas <laughs> whereas Luke S was like, this is the first 
uh, really frightening home invasion movie he's seen in a long time. So it's interesting to hear you guys talk about home invasion movies because I've never seen stuff like the the strangers or whatnot. I mean, um, strangers is garbage. There's no reason for you. Yeah, okay. they blow um, the fight. The the home home invasion movies. I I think um, there has to be an element Straw of dogs. of of cruelty to a good home invasion movie because yeah. a home invasion movie the the whole idea is compromising this idea of where, where you feel safe and if you want to create that sense of violation you don't you know the strangers is just a dumb splatter slasher movie but the really good home invasion movies and Kelly Wan brought up Straw Dogs Straw Dogs is incredibly uncomfortable to watch. Uh, there's a, a Kevin Andrew Will no Peter Paul Andrew Paul Andrew Williams movie called A Cherry Tree Lane from probably five ten years ago which is incredibly dark and incredibly cruel a Canadian movie two thousand five five years old called Home Sweet Home. Also, really dark, really cruel. It pulls no punches. Uh, there's none of this nonsense of "Hey, because you're the main character, we're gonna be o- you're gonna be okay." Like, I think a good home invasion movie mm. just really needs to be mean spirited. And this movie is not that at all. This movie steps no, up. like it's, it, it's almost like it's almost like it provides the Elizabeth Moss, Moss Tim Heidegger family. To show, okay, here's what it would be like if it was really like here's what they will do. We're going to use this right. disposable family to show you how grim it is, but this family over here, who you've been introduced to, who you're rooting for, who you With care kids. about, they're going to be safe. We're not going to hurt them. Uh, yeah, that was confusing to me while I was watching it. Why? Why do the? Why does the white family just get summarily dispatched? Um, Which I mean, I'm okay that, with. That's, that's, yep. I'm okay yeah, with yeah, that yeah. Too. I think that maybe there are a couple moments. Where the twist makes sense, and that's one of them, maybe. Exactly, because you get this sense that Addie is uniquely equipped to to deal with them, and and I'm not sure this actually. What's her motivation? Well, well, that that also you see it when you see it when is it Zora is in the tree, um, yeah. And I like how all all doppelgangers are different, like because you you kind of think it's just maternal, uh, and when she's dealing with Jason before he goes into the fire. Uh, and trying to reach out to him. Yeah, she's trying to um, save them. Like she definitely is trying to save the doppelganger kids, and we don't realize that until the twist. Yeah. Right, and it seems just maternal, but it's more than that. Right. I meant, um, I meant the other Addie's motivation, doppelganger. One. Well, that's and that's the thing. The non dot Yeah. Why doesn't she just point out, hey, I, you know, you tr- you took my place. I'm back to get it back. Like, yeah, what is yeah. all the that's what is all revenge. the monologuing in the fireplace? Of, because she knows she's a doppelganger, so why is she lecturing right, someone right. Who, know, who did it to her? It's like she's doing a Bond villain thing to the Bond villain. <laughs> Which I, I, you could do some really cool writing there. Like you could, and maybe I don't know. It's maybe I good, maybe I missed things. But if you could take this idea of the doppelganger being, uh, you know, reversing the roles, and you could write around that you could write ambiguously to where you think you're hearing one thing but then when you go back and watch it a second time you realize oh, okay this is what these w- words mean uh and i just i don't think jordan peele did any of that i think it's a cheat uh at the end when you find out their roles are reversed and if you were to go did back she know all along 
Or was there an amnesia thing going on? I asked if there was an amnesia. Like, yeah, she knew. She, she obviously knew. And I'm like, that's obvious that she knew she was a doppelganger the whole time. And then at the end, she's just, just still thinking. Like, in other words, the, she did what, uh, what you talk about in Lockout, where they just don't show us the angle that the character right. can see the gun at. <laughs> like, you could just show us a flashback and tell us she's a doppelganger early on. You choose not to just to fuck with us. Well, it but also – The character knows. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, John Renninger asked that same question. I mean, did they just – both did red and adelaide adelaide just forget red well i don't i don't think that's i don't think that's supported because the whole idea and this is an example of writing where you're watching it and you think you're seeing one thing but once the reveal comes up you realize you're seeing something else the whole idea is that after the being lost in the maze she's traumatized and won't talk anymore that's right, what we right. the audience think but what we find out is she doesn't know how to talk because she was a doppelganger right so right. there that's obviously fair. there's enough as she's growing up to realize i don't know how to talk i'm going to have to learn how to talk uh and and i i what so you extrapolate from that <laughs> well what he seemed memory? to be getting at was that through creative expression they reunited again and in concept, uh, I I can, like I could see you maybe making that work, but I'm not sure that the movie did. I did I love. I don't think so either. Yeah. Go ahead. And then the I, human I, her has to marry. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, and that that's why compared to the one I love, that movie explores its implications much more thoroughly than this Basically. movie explored its implications. As much as much it needs less to. its twists. Yeah. Um, I mean, it explains like physical things, like the why her voice sounds that way. I mean, because her larynx was crushed, I guess, as a child. So, um, uh, well, it, no, it, no, because her lar- the crushed larynx was pulled into the shadow world. Right. The she's well, talking. She's, she's choked. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying, but I, the 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 doppelganger's voice you're saying, Dingus. No, she's not. She's she's the actual girl. She was choked, and that's why her voice sounds like that. I thought her voice, but. Don't all of them sound like that? They're like none of them can talk. Well, they she can't talks. talk, but she she learned to talk as a child and carried that with her. So she's her, the leader. Her oh, voice, oh, I see what you're saying. Right. Her right, voice right. has been changed because her because she right was right helped. exactly because it's not because she didn't know how to talk. She did. I see what you're saying. Right. Very good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What was her life like? We don't know. Uh, Tony, uh, we have a writer in her name, Tony there. Carnavale, who says that this is the first time that he he thinks he's ever seen a horror movie where the uh, ostensible protagonists commit more on-screen violence than the monsters do, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Uh, the kids he, are half doppelganger too. I just... But he also makes, uh, he, he uh, invokes a Tom Chick term, um, which the, I know this is a regular term, but the only way I know it is from you, Tom. He says that this family of Mary Sue's not being in danger uh, made him just stop caring. I'm not sure they're Mary Sue's. I I get what he's getting at. Um, yeah, like the the idea of a Mary Sue is that the writer puts him or herself into a character, and the character is always right and can never do any wrong, and is a is an expression of the writer's power fantasy. It's a wish fulfillment thing. Right, like um, Jack Ryan. But they're definitely inviolable. Like obviously the movie's yeah. not going to hurt them. And that that gets to why I think it's uh as a as a home invasion movie it's ultimately pretty weak. Um in that it, it, there's there's really no threat and I don't I mean it's not well, that I, I want to Yeah. I kept expecting some one of the kids to be killed. 
I thought the dad, like, the moment that the dad didn't get killed a couple of times, because the dad, Winston Duke, by the way, (laughs) I had no idea I was watching uh, Mbeku from uh, Black Panther. That guy was great. He's great, isn't he? he? Just because he was so great in Black Panther, and this is such a diametric, this is such a different character as the ineffectual, just well-meaning teddy bear of a dad. He was awesome in this. They all were, by the way. I loved this family. I really, really liked this family. I liked them a lot, and it would have been so devastating if something terrible happened to them. But the moment that the dad is dragged off and not killed, pulled out into a boat and not killed, I kind of got this feeling, okay, Jordan Peele likes this family as much as I do. And there's an hour left of movie. Yeah, he's not going to do anything to them. Whereas – I I really liked them too because I I like the way that their family dynamic works. I like this little moment of seduction in the bed that doesn't work. I like when she says, get the rhythm, Jason. Uh, when they're in the car, um, I, I do really like the way that the yeah. family dynamic yeah, works. Just so I like the older guy's family. Yeah, in a lot of ways. But but so the so so if I were you know if this were a really grim home home invasion movie that really wanted to get into the horror of home invasions, the dad would be the person that you kill to make you feel, oh my god, this movie's terrible. Uh, not this movie's terrible, but oh my god, I'm I, I'm really feeling affected by this. I'm not, I'm not safe yeah. in any way. Yeah, exactly. It's I'm a not horror safe. movie. Yeah, and you so... Know, alien? <laughs> and so, yeah, Jordan Peele didn't want to do that, and I can't say I blame him, uh, but I think it undercut... Uh, yeah. It, it undercut Although, this as a home invasion movie, which it, it stopped does, being anyway. It does give you his awesome line at the end where they're doing the kill counts. He's all – I love his delivery. It's so fucking good. He's just like, yeah, I killed myself. And yeah. But the way he says myself, like idly, is perfect. <laughs> and he wouldn't, he wouldn't be saying that if one of his kids had died. So Right, right, exactly. You know, we get that line in exchange for feeling not scared for them. Yeah. But yeah, it jumps, I feel like it jumps the shark of the third act. Well, Stinky I, getting ripped off, kidnapped in the car. I think from the beginning, it's I, I don't quite understand. And, and this is something that Justin D. Heard said, that his date thought that the Reds were unkillable. Um, the kids move in unnatural ways. These, right. These aren't – the. Is that a cheat? I mean, well, even the, Dingus, even Addy, like the, this should have been a regular little girl. Why is uh, Lupita Ngoyo – did I say that right? By the way, say her name for me, Dingus. <laughs> it's Lupito Nyong'o. Nyong'o. Uh, why does Lupito right. Nyong'o move like a robot? Right. Because those those are weird, and they're they're definitely I would expect a doppelganger to move like that. But given the twist, why is she moving like that? I love your explanation right. about her voice, but why is she moving like a robot? Uh, uh, I I think she had to. And giving she, that speech, <laughs> she had to teach herself to integrate to the way they move underground but i don't quite understand why the why rules. not say hey i don't belong here let me out so <laughs> just, about let me just, hey there's yeah. an escalator over there i'll just go up <laughs> oh that was the thing is she knows where to where to go because she's a doppelganger that was what i was told I'm like uh okay it and really is she, like she knows where the, I just wish Jordan Peele hadn't explained that stuff because I would be happy to just say, okay, a bunch of stuff happened it's underground. A yeah, it's, it's a, a horror movie. Yeah, you don't get to know. Yeah. Just go yeah. with me on this. It's going to be part of my metaphor. Expositions never helped horror. Think about the ring. The ring I, the I disagree. Like, uh. Uh, hereditary. Uh, did it help it? Yes. Because it, it set it apart. It made it different. It set it apart from other horror movies, and it, it left you with a very different feeling, I think. But it, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't really – 
I, I get what you're saying, Kelly Wand. Horror, horror, horror is uniquely suited to not explaining itself, and I'm, I'm, I get what you're saying, totally. And when um, you don't know the reasons for things, sometimes it's scarier. Right, exactly. Um, I Case also, the, the We're Americans line, how is that not me being primed for, primed for some sort of social commentary? I mean, right. I, I'm all on board with that. I'm as down on my country these days as, as the next guy, Jordan Peele. Us, U.S. But where are, you going, where are you going with that? Like, what? okay, they're Start Americans. The Start the conversation. What, what did, yeah, so I... See? You so racist like it. I, I think that's him sort of taking a stab at making uh. a, a, a metaphor that he can't quite grasp. Um, or that his twist undermines, or that, or that he wants to fit too many things into this movie is that the underclasses are still Americans. Uh, That's probably it, Dingus. Is this idea of fitting uh, too many things in there? Is rather than committing to to one metaphor or one bit of social commentary, it's just a bunch of stuff gets crammed in there, and as Kelly Wan said, uh, gets muddled. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm. I mean, I I admire the things that he's doing. Um, you know, I I really like his setups. I mean, this is something that Soren said as well. I really love the ideas that he has here. Uh, I like that he's able to blend a little bit of um, comedy and not uh, uh, not have it isolated to one particular character, which another writer in her said, but I can't yeah. remember who. Um, which is the problem, by the way, with Get Out, is you've got a clown running around in it who exactly. uh, who doesn't yeah. fit in the movie. Why are you in this movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah you so. know, comedy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Robert Perry Cruz would rather it be either more scarier or more funnier, and I, I can't argue with that, I guess. Um because because uh, I do think it I think I do think the comment that it's more creepy than scary is appropriate. Although it's very mainstream, you know, I cringed a lot because I'm I'm an easy scare. Uh, but I don't think that many people were cringing around me. I mean, the guy next to me was singing along with the hip hop songs. Ah, that's cute. Was he white? I don't know. I don't see that. Not relevant. Oh uh, well. What was the magic trick? Do we know? Like, was that a thing from the 80s? He does something? it in the, in the closet. No, I don't know what it is, but it was a lighter, right? It just makes a spark. I mean, well, how I is that a magic trick? Well, it's <laughs> not. Because <laughs> I thought that was going to have some pay. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that not necessarily being explained, but I didn't know if it was something that I missed, that, that that's something that was supposed to be explained. Or I had no idea what the magic trick works. was. The doppelganger's lighter works perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, the, and I'm not quite sure what the weird ambulance door uh, ambulance. Yeah, because he thinks it pops the door open, and that's what they use ambulance. to exfiltrate the dark closet of this reality. Uh, you see? See, Dingus? Uh, see? But dingus. where are they going to go? Uh, it doesn't matter. They escape. Yeah. So, Blade Runner. <laughs> I did get the sense when I was watching this of the way I felt when I was uh, – I had written um, a journal for quarter three – about Dead Rising 2. And I did get the sense of watching a zombie <laughs> movie where they arm themselves with a bat and a golf club and, and there's yeah. no but there's no guns in this movie, which I think is really interesting. Oh, very good, Dingus. You know what? I didn't even notice and I'm glad there are no guns. Very good, Dingus. Right. Yeah. Right. So if they're they, cops, they're one of them. They all have their, their different weapons, but they don't wear out. <laughs> that is so conspicuous now that you mention it, Dingus. Why yeah. aren't there guns in it? Like 
I yeah, like, was that part, was that something he wanted to avoid? Does Jordan Peele not have anything to say about guns? I find that hard to believe. Or is it less suspenseful? But you think the doppelgangers would. Well, they're using scissors. Guns versus scissors, maybe it's not suspenseful. But yeah, Dings is totally right. Like, that's that's yeah. one of the big questions in any home invasion movie in America, which is why Home Sweet Home, I mean, uh, Cherry Tree Lane is set in the UK, so it makes perfect sense. But any... Yeah. Home invasion movie in America, you've got to have the question, is there a gun in the house? And usually, yes, because there's then some dramatic uh, struggle over the gun or something. Didn't even Golf occur club, to me. white days. man's yeah. weapon used against the there was, <laughs> there was a movie we watched where there was – they went to a cabin and they had to – they found an old gun and had to reload it. But I can't remember what movie it was. So you would think that even in the summer home or somewhere right. in, in Tim Heidegger's home uh, – if yeah, even let name. the dumb white guy be the gun owner. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but they yeah. didn't have any guns whatsoever. Yeah. Well, there's a flare gun. That's a kind of gun. <laughs> All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Moss was my favorite doppelganger. The she, I, 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 yeah, like I loved how how much Jordan Peele let her play and be weird and freaky. She was the Jim Carrey of I Live in Color. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, Luke S. agrees with you. He he says that Elizabeth Moss basically gets exactly what he's going for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, although Lupita Nyong'o did great, like I I loved her. Like she was awesome. Um, but yeah, Elizabeth Moss. Moss I like the dad, and the kids aren't objectionable. (laughs) They're kids. Kids are great. What are you talking about? I liked I liked both of them. I liked all of them, and I I liked the way that they played the characters. The double characters. Yeah, uh, I thought that they did a good job of making differences between the two characters. Each 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 one had a different sort of quality to it. And yeah. This is another thing, Luke. Lucas. Says. They, I, mean, I kept they, thinking the son had been turned into a doppelganger, like repeatedly through the movie. Oh, he's he got switched out. That's what's gonna happen. He's wearing the mask. Or... Kelly Wan is not a changeling movie. And so, and somebody said that, and I don't remember this, Tom uh, or Kelly, uh, from before. Uh, that in the Hands Across America, America thing, that the word tethered is actually used, or tether. Oh, uh, really? Huh. Do you remember that? I do not. Uh, you're talking uh, about it in the promo at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, the, the, the whole the Hands Across America commercial. Was that a real promo, or did he just make it up? It's a good I question. think it was I'm, real. Yeah, it seemed real. It had tethered? That. Interesting. Because yeah. that's a weird word to use for a charity event. We're going to tether each other and raise money. I don't know. Like, it sounds unappetizing. But all right. I mean, holding hands sounds, yay, raising money. Uh, do you guys remember a similar mo- moment to, uh, like, all the stuff that uh, the doppelgangers were doing, like, especially Elizabeth Moss and Lupita Nyong'o? Uh, do you remember a similar moment in Get Out? <laughs> well, it, I remember definitely some... Re- mm-hmm. A maid? Yeah, Betty Gabriel. Uh, just just how, how it was just... a. Like Jordan Peele letting an actress use her face to just be yeah. really oh. just riveting and just do really cool, intricate, weird stuff with her face. Betty Gabriel's uh, mind controlled. And then you hope the whole movie is going to stay like that, and then it doesn't. Right. <laughs> but ah, you know, well, he dialogue. does have a, a fetish for for going underground because there there's that whole basement sequence in Get Out. And there's the underground sequence here, right, right. and that set it's got up the Lindelof pit plan. in the in the text at the Great beginning answer. about all these subterranean tunnels that are not used for anything. Um, and at the beginning of uh, Get Out, 
Bradley Whitford's character is like, uh, oh, that the there's black mold down there. Don't worry about it. Oh, <laughs> that's a good line. <laughs> yeah. See, get it. See I get it. I got that that's one. Kind of yeah. <laughs> I get it. That's the thing. I get the jokes as opposed to like uh, that movie I didn't like about Google trailer that didn't understand any of the jokes. The intern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the one with uh, Vince Vaughn. And then they're Professor X. They talk. Oh uh, yeah. I don't understand that joke. It doesn't make any sense. But in this movie, I understood the jokes. So thank you, Jordan Peele. Uh, I can't. Um, go ahead, Tom. I cannot watch a bunch of rabbits scampering around without thinking of the favorite. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wrote down that same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it just made me think of. Uh, that's uh, all right. Olivia Coleman, how cute she was. Just watching those rabbits run around. I bet Olivia Coleman would love to live down here <laughs> with those rabbits. <laughs> that was another thing too, by the way. Is what's the point of having all the white rabbits and then there's conspicuously only like a couple of uh, black or brown but rabbits? Like obviously, brown. I understand what you're saying there, but why are you saying it here? What's the doppelganger part of it? And yeah, and why is it like it's really gruesome and grotesque? This idea that they could only live on raw rabbit. Like I love that idea. Don't explain it, and don't try to make some sociological point with the, the colors of the rabbit. Just let me think of how awful it would be to 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 live only on raw rabbit. Uh, like that was awesome. And if you just left it with that, great touch. But clearly there was something with there being more white rabbits than anything. I, I mean, I think. Uh, right. I get that as a, as a get out metaphor. The, exactly, Kelly Wand. Right yeah, when yeah, when it's yeah. specifically a movie about that 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 sort of racial tension and subtle racism, sure, absolutely. Like that shot. But doppelgangers are racist. Right, know. that shot would have been great in Get Out. I'm not sure why it was in Us. Yeah. That's why I think I like Get Out more is because I thought it stuck to its theme more consistently. And in this, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, I'm not convinced that doppelgangers mean what. Absolutely, Kelly Wand. Yeah, I completely agree. As, yeah. Uh, Robert Perry agrees with you, too. He, yeah. he thinks it's a less clear metaphor than Get Out. So I was dismayed. God, the the twin... I like the twin gangers, too. Yes, yes. Yeah, those really girls right, were great. So I gotta yeah. say, it's worth seeing. Can you tell me yeah. why... I don't. I didn't know this going in. Uh, this is something that Soren Hoagland said, that it makes sense that he's rebooting Twilight Zone. What does that mean? He's good. There's a new, Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah, he's doing a. I think he's producing a Twilight Zone series. Mm-hmm. Who's carrying it, Kaiwan? Do you know? He's producing like it or he's directing it? Well, he's. I don't. He. He's he doing had, a Rod Serling because he's going to do. The oh, it's I didn't his, know that. But Rod Serling wrote a lot of Twilight Zones. Is he doing that as well? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And you you said this was based on a Twilight Zone. Yeah. Have you guys seen it? It's a no. really. There's only like five awesome Twilight Zones. Wait, this opinion. is based on a Twilight Zone? Is it credited in the? In the, in he's the talked about it in interviews. Well, no, it's just doppelgangers. Oh. But like, okay. in that it, they are interdimensional and evil, <laughs> kind of. But it goes really fast. It's only half an hour, and it's Vera Miles, and she's in a bus station. She goes up, and she's like, "Is the bus here yet?" The guy's all, "You already asked me that five times." She's all, "What? No, I didn't." She sees a bag, and then the scary part is she's looking in the bathroom mirror, and the door opens, and she sees herself out of sitting on the chair outside. In the bus station. So then she meets a dude, and then he's like, yeah, all right, cool. We'll get right on that. And then he sends her off to the insane asylum because she sees herself on the bus. And then the guy's doppelganger, like, runs from him giggles. <laughs> Kelly, well, that was a terrible synopsis. Really? <laughs> I didn't want to leave anything out. But it was a good one. I like that one. 
but Sorry. it's not like yeah, this is credited as a rewrite of a twi- it's just inspired by it's not like it was he's rewriting because that would explain a lot if he was taking a twilight zone script and just cramming a bunch of uh poorly thought out social commentary into it i think i'd read he mentioned it okay. before the movie came out and I go, oh it's a doppelganger movie so the opposite of what you experience you had i went because oh, you didn't know that was twilight part of it, did you like you were you were like me and that you had no idea it was doppelgangers right no, I had I didn't know yeah. a thing about well, it. Yes, the trailer like it. That, I was hoping the trailer would maybe hide that, but it it doesn't. Like it poster doesn't either. No, one of uh, one of the people wrote in. It might have been Justin Hurd said who said that uh, the trailer gives away shows her choking her. The the only thing the trailer doesn't show is the fact that it's a a world that's a global apocalypse situation. That's the only thing that you don't get from the trailer. That's good to not know. That's good to not know, but why? I mean, why? I, I under, don't get me started my, on trailers. Place in a so night. are they supposed yeah, to have superpowers or be zombies or what? They are they, like are they just people? I mean, people without souls, because that's one of the things that happens at the bull at the chalkboard. She says, you know, they created copies of us, but only one of us gets a soul. The government couldn't create souls. <laughs> That, see, that's a, that's a cool concept, but once it's a government program yeah. and you're tying it to ideas like conspiracies about fluoride, that well, yeah, exactly. The government get, get your political conspiracy thriller out of my metaphysics and vice versa. Yeah, these are bigger problems than the race thing you're trying to make. Me think. <laughs> you heard me. Uh, I did love as as far in the the way he directed it, just with the staging of it. And even I was okay with the intercutting, but especially with the way he played with the music with it, that uh, fight dance scene at the end, mainly just because of how it, it played with the, the soundtrack yeah. and the music. I loved that. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. And that's the done. theme of us, kind of, that music. Yeah. Uh, so, we have a couple of, of questions. <laughs> All right, we will field, we are opening the floor to questions, Dingus. What, what questions have we been sent field. in? All right, so Justin Deheard wants to know if... Uh, if we know why there were golden scissors. Mm. Kelly Wand, would you like to field this one? Trump uh, peed on him? <laughs> wow. Next question. No, what? I don't know. What's the gold? Uh, gold is the white man's uh, money. So there. Well, then why, does the, under, why does the oppressed underclass have it? Because they made it with the gold mine <laughs> underground. Like dwarves. <laughs> Scissors, two blades tethered by a bolt. Huh? Bingus! Mm. <laughs> oh, Meryl Streep! We have a Meryl Streep appearance. Sure. Uh, so, just to hear, also wants to know why was Red still affected in the underworld, even right. though Adelaide had escaped and left her down there? If you live above ground, you get to have birth normally. But if you're a human and you live in the dog, but she's a doppelganger. She has a doppelganger uterus. So stinky and fluoride. Half doppelganger. You're right. Half doppelganger. Yeah. So there, yeah. you should think about that. But the <laughs> dad's like, what? The dad doesn't realize or doesn't care. <laughs> he also says that the red jumpsuits and gloves are uh, her memories of Thriller. But I, oh. Oh, I didn't even get that. That's I didn't good. Get it either, yeah. yeah, that's very good. See? It's a good one. It's a good catch. Uh, I just so, thought prison. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, that I, the I same thing. And Republican Red. That's all I thought. I didn't understand it either. Uh, that's why I thought that I thought a, that it was a Republican Red thing because of the frisbee landing on the uh, blue dot. <laughs> 
Yeah, I like okay, that. Yep, yep. Uh, so, uh, Lucas wants to know um, what the hell was the point of the reveal? <laughs> Sorry, but uh, I really do think it, it is. Get out of it. I mean, I think I really do think it is Jordan Peele thinking that he needs a Twilight Zone twist at the end. And, oh. and to be fair, that is kind of the pattern for horror movies that, like like mainstream horror movies, is they the audience kind of wants there to be some final gotcha or aha or twist or it's in my Shyamalan just ruining generations of horror movies for everyone. Right. Is yeah. there has did to you, be some did you see it coming? trick? Soren yeah, I kind of did, I, I and I normally yeah, I normally don't see that, and I kind of did. Yeah. I felt it. I mean, you know, know to be he fair, really though. fast from the meeting in the beginning. I well, go, to be ah. I didn't get it then, but to be fair, I think I got it at about when Jordan Peele wanted me to get it, so I shouldn't be too proud of myself. When do you, when did you get it? Because I, I didn't really see As it they're coming. driving away and it shows, uh, it shows Addie in thought, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Oh. The movie's over. What does she still have to think about? <gasps> Hold on, Jordan Peele. Are you going to do <gasps> – are you? Yes, you're doing this twist. Oh, so that means that doesn't make sense, and that doesn't—that's the first thing I thought. I'd go, oh, now it all, now it all fits. Like, oh, he he gave me the clues all along and laid the breadcrumbs. I was like, wait, so then, <laughs> and instantly I'm picking the movie apart as it's right. Ending. Exactly, Kelly. Hold on, dude, come on. If she was, because then that means that the other one is what? Because that's so, the thing. It, it raises tons of questions about what happened to the real Addie right. that are completely unexamined. Completely. Like, I think she's the, the leader of the doppelgangers. All right. The person that asked did or didn't see it coming. Who was that? Soren or uh, Justin? Soren saw it coming. Okay. Right yeah. down Fifth Avenue, yeah. He did said you, Dingus? That it gave, that it gave the, the movie gives the game away too early. Okay. But no, I didn't. I I was too, like, creeped out Okay. Uh, to see it. Um, I kept and, thinking and the dad really, I also think I was too much into Lupita Nyong'o's performance. I think... The, the the way she plays the two characters is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's an amazing actress, and uh, I think all of them do really well. Uh, but I'm particularly taken with her. And she's and incredible she, performance. Well, how she differentiates the characters, um, it's just it's fascinating. I mean, part of it is a vocal trick, but there's also just this sense of weird creepiness that she lends to the characters in different ways and violence that she lends to the characters in different ways and that joining as you said tom with the dance sequence um really i mean i i just i mean i know that a lot of this that's going to be stunt work um but she sets all of that up and i just i was i was to, i was so totally taken with her that i wasn't paying attention to that kind of thing that's the first thing I thought. I was like, wait, so she was the ballet dancer, and then the real one was doing fake ballet because she had to. Well, she <sighs> she does like Pris ballet. Yeah, yeah, it's Zora, huh? Yeah, see, <laughs> think about it. Oh yeah, very good, Kelly one. <laughs> Where's too much makeup? Think about it. Uh. All right, so Jordan Peele's Us, uh, I think we all liked it, but bad reservations, and, I, you know, he's he's a director, and I'll, I'll see I'm happy he for does. him. Yeah, yeah, I am too, I'm, I, and I'm so glad also that, you know, a, a horror movie that's presuming to have some sort of social commentary is so successful, and if and it gets people talking. Leads. So, Kelly Wand, you've been uh, reading about this. I haven't read anything about it, uh, like interviews. Uh, is that a point that's being pushed? Is that there's social commentary in this movie? Well, he said um, 
said after the box office the first weekend, he's all, well, I don't see any reason to cast a white person anymore in the lead. And then he got in trouble for it by MAGA. Oh, that's oh okay. I, I won't see your movie then. Like, I mean, right, whatever. Yeah. I don't think he meant it the way you're taking it. Right. Because that's one of the things that I've really loved about this latest generation actually they're not the same generation but the, this latest group of successful black filmmakers like jordan peele and ryan coogler uh, boots riley who did sorry to bother you david david diggs who did blind spotting is that they're casting black characters but they're not making them exclusionary s- stories for black people right, uh, right and right. i love that i just love yeah. seeing a or functional horror. family yeah. who I love, and I don't care if they're black or white. I just love these yeah. people and these people. See, even that good, good lord, it's like Ross Perot. Oh, but, yeah. but I just love that Jordan Peele has that approach. That and and same with Ryan Coogler with his superhero movie, and Boots Riley with his social commentary, and David Diggs with his buddy movie. Like, so what if someone is black? They're just as viable in a role as someone who's white, and it shouldn't matter if they're black. Yeah. Uh, so I love what, what directors like this are doing for casting issues and conversations and considerations for who we see in our movies. Uh, I love yeah. that, you know, little kids of all colors have stuff like Black uh, Black Panther to, to look at. And this. I and this. Little kids this. can grow up and be traumatized like I was by Jaws by us, whether they're black uh, or white or, or Hispanic or whatever. That's yeah. great. Well, uh, what was the zombie movie we watched uh, that was set in World War Two? Not or the Overlord thing. Overlord. Overlord. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> that, you know, my, my welcome thing was, slaves. And, and I got, uh, you know, taken to task for this. But my thing was, well, why can't a black character play a, a, a soldier in that war? And and a and a uh, one of our writer writers and you, Tom, were like, because it just doesn't work. That doesn't work. Well, um, I mean, the, the contention is it doesn't work if you want to make anything historically, historically plausible. Right. Yeah, but if you just want to do a goofy action movie, it totally works. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. But yeah, if you're yeah. if you're wanting to tell a real story or, or Although, honor, you know, if you're wanting to to really get in the historicity of of your story in World War Two, you, you can't do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could have made it work, though, and just kept to that. Like, yeah, he's in the segregated. He's still, like, the hero. Like, he's there for some other... Uh, real quick question. How... Uh, what did you guys feel about the Ophelia jokey bits? You know, they're cute. They're, it's, um, it's, kind of more, it's kind of terrifying when she's sliding across the floor towards Heidecker's dead face. And we've been taught to, like, kind of laugh at everything he says. So it's kind of like a bold move. Like, oh, no, he's dead. So why choose the name Ophelia in uh, instead of uh, the obvious Othello? Alexa. <laughs> Am I dumb? So he's Ophelia he's, Macbeth. Ophelia's one? Hamlet. She's Hamlet. Damn it! One. Um, so I guess is right. Is he Come doing on. that on and purpose, or is he just like the name, the way the name sounds, and that it's kind of like Alexa sounds? Because. I'm it's a, a replacement for Alexa. He's right. just doing. They're just doing Ophelia. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's dumber... a, there's no Hamlet connection. There might. I mean, yeah, nobody drowns or throws herself into a river. Yeah, she doesn't kill uh, herself. She doesn't throw herself in the water. But I did Maybe like. Maybe can make fun of it more. more but like Kelly was saying, I did really like how horrific it was to have this. You know, these characters being just violently Butchered murdered. Instantly. Yeah, no um, fight. And I also love. Uh, 
I, I'm not a big Beach Boys fan, and I don't even like like Good Vibrations. I just <laughs> think it's really dopey. But there's yeah. a little bit of Good Vibrations. It's kind of like weird and haunting and eerie, and it's in a whole different, I guess, key yeah. or whatever you would like say. Like a Led Zeppelin. And that yeah. little part of Good Vibrations, like, was super appropriate for for these people, these poor people being butchered and murdered, and me thinking, oh, that is terrible. And to then segue into that boppy. Uh, surf music, Beach Boys stuff. Um, yeah. So I loved that, and then a even white I was man's a, music. I was even okay with the fuck, fuck the police. police gag. Like that stuff was great. I liked that. The black so. man won't help you, just like the God God won't help Jeremiah. Uh, what is is Jeremiah eleven eleven something? I meant to look yeah, that I up. Yeah, looked it up. What is it? Up. It's what I said. It's uh, oh. God will you're gonna. You're going to go to your deaths, and God will ignore your pleas for mercy. <laughs> harsh. harsh. Yeah, it's super harsh. <laughs> All right. Okay. And uh, it's not doppelganger-themed, though. So I was like, disappointed. <laughs> like, ah, it's just I mean, like the soul within you will – but then you don't like, – he had to find something that had 11-11 on it. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's the only yeah. time on the clock. Or 1-11, maybe. <laughs> I could see Jordan Peele going through every book in the Bible looking I for 11-11. I totally would. Like, Wait, i got to make this work. Damn it. Yeah. I'll show them how smart I am. Well, the actual right. verse is, therefore, thus saith the Lord. This is from the King James Version. Uh, yeah. Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though yeah. they shall cry unto me, I will I will not hearken unto them. Rude. Yeah. Man, God yeah. is a dick. Are we, are we that guy? But the white homeless guy is the one. God. Voting it. It's like. Well. He's like, yeah, man, this is the verse. This is uh, all right, I'm going to suggest a, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to, uh, not a triple feature, not a quadruple feature, a quintuple feature. Uh, uh, see us, Chucky. then see them, then see her, then see you, which is a series on Netflix, and then see uh, they. Oh, they. There's a. It's actually in, in French. It's il, ils, but it translates to they. So you can see us, them, they, you, and her. That's your. That's your. Uh, five. What about movie. who am I? Uh, John Renninger thinks that the sequel should be called Them. And it's already taken. That's about giant ants. Sorry, John Renninger. Sorry, John. Yeah. That's what a little girl would say if she was attacked by giant ants. That seems yep. ridiculous. Them. Yeah. Uh, them. Also, them. Uh, Nick D wants to know if you've read a short story uh, called Hell is Forever by Alfred Bester. No, I haven't. I have it in a collection on my bookshelf. I'm going to read it. I was actually going to – I was eyeballing it. He's Did he say why he was asking Alfred Dingus? Like, is it related to this? Uh, well, it's um, – it, he felt like the setup for this was brilliant, but it danced on the edge of being trippy and nightmarish but didn't have the courage of its convictions. And he wanted story something. Does. He wanted something like Hell is Forever. Ah, okay, short story. Hell is Forever. By whom? Say the author again. Alfred Bester. Alfred Bester. Bester. Right. He wrote a book called The Stars My Destination about a guy who can teleport. <laughs> it's really good. Like Jumper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing it. There's <laughs> synesthesia, and um, it's like kind of Monte Cristo remake. And then he wrote another one called. Uh, about robot the, the demolished man that was really good too it's just really dense he's just really uh like good value like right. the books are really short and the writing's really like also have you guys Crystal. seen uh thirst yeah the uh the, Ch- the korean Chen movie Rook. sure 
yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, because uh, Ian Slutes said, you know, I said earlier that it was more uh, creepy than scary because a couple people agree with me. And, and he says that Thirst is, is along those lines more unnerving than scary. So I was wondering if – I haven't seen Thirst. I was wondering if you guys – What? I thought you'd seen Thirst. Nope. Oh, why didn't you uh, see that? Uh, because I hate Korean movies. Right. I guess you didn't <laughs> like Handmaiden either. Whatever. Not your mm. bag. Didn't register for you. I appreciate you not using the article before. Oh, we didn't see the kingdom either. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's important. Korean zombie movie, which, by the way, great political points in that. I thought uh, that's how you use your yeah. horror as a, as a social commentary There's and a metaphor. Twist, too. Yeah. That's a good twist ending. That should yep. just be the end of the whole show. That's how good it twisted it. I, I have know. to find out what happens to cute little Duna Bay. That'll be more satisfying than Game of Thrones. You'll go, oh, Kingdom Season 2 is yeah, what yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones sh- wishes it was. I pred- what I predict we're saying in three months. Well, okay. we'll talk about that on our TV podcast. In the meantime, <laughs> please let's not. next week, I want you guys listening, and you, Dingus, and you, Kelly Wand, to think about your favorite one-eyed characters in movies. And Dingus and Kelly Wand, don't send me your picks. Save those, and we'll read them on the podcast. But if you're listening, I know you're thinking of your favorite one-eyed characters. And this doesn't have to – people are constantly – they'll send in something to 3 by 3 and it seems like they feel morose about the fact that somebody might have already picked it. Never feel bad about that. This is not a race to see who can come up with something first. Uh, I just want to know who your favorite one-eyed characters are and why. And you don't have to pick three of them. So – I know who you're thinking of right now. I know. I know you. I know you listen to this podcast, and I know probably two people that you're thinking of right now. Go Tom ahead. Valkyrie. Go ahead. Write their names down in an email and just a couple of lines about why you like that character. Uh, and you send vote, those. Like they all get different votes. So if, if you if it's one that's already been used, and then you're contributing to its number, then that's exciting. Exactly. Vote. Vote. Yeah. If we haven't yeah. learned anything since 2016, it's vote. Make your pick heard by sending your favorite one-eyed character or characters to 3x3 at quarter3.com. Spell that all out. Uh, get that to us by midnight April 5th. That's midnight Pacific, and we'll read that on the air. So join us for our favorite one-eyed characters in a week. I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Mukowski. It's Christian Morosky. And the inimitable Kelly Wand. Wait, we did or didn't do three best farts? If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself, then make a change. Since you can hear them coming before you see them, it's called the Doppler Ganger effect. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have what eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Oregai Six. Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter. That's a question. That is correct. <laughs> music, music, I would music. prefer you use a curse word in this set. Dingus, I want to have sex with your doppelganger. <laughs> Don't judge but me. But you will have to watch or I cannot finish. <laughs>
that okay? Hurry up! I nice. can't stay hard forever. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> say it properly. Can't understand your accent. Hello? Is this thing on? Doppelganger. You know what? We don't always Arnold have to... Arnold Schwarzenegger. We don't always have to be talking. That's true.